Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I do not understand this football name in America. How, how many of kicks is there in the football game? Six kicks. I'm going to say it once and hopefully I'm wrong, but it's a disaster waiting to happen. I love all of those things with the piggy skin and the men running around. So much screams and then a toss and then everyone is in a large, large hill. A star is born in the NFL. I like the moxie, but I, more importantly, I like the poise and the noise. Oh, what are you doing? You gotta be paping me! It's Jonathan Elway. He was so sassy and cool. And hey, guys, I'm a cowboy. Bang, bang, sling, sling, toss, toss. I'm going to lose all the time. And then I win. And then he leaves as he wins. You cannot beat this. From Munich, Germany, the Broncos and Bratwurst podcast with Kevin Gilligan. Yes, I'm Kevin Gilligan, born and raised in Denver, Colorado, lifelong Broncos fan. I recently moved to Munich, Germany. But as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder. And so I still love them and love talking about them, even though it's from across the pond. What's up, Broncos fans? A very happy Easter belated to you all in America. For us here in Germany, we have an extra holiday. We, yes, we have two days off. Actually, three days off. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, total off for Easter. It's pretty awesome. Um, so a holiday. We were just out barbecuing, played a little bit of soccer because that's mostly what we play here. And now I kind of have to get my brain back going into the whole football thing. Now we have a, one of the biggest weeks of the year, obviously probably the biggest non-game week of the entire NFL season. And I know like everyone else, I'm pumped about it. I, I'm, I'm hopeful 
as I think we are every year, but I think everyone is a little more hopeful because they like the people who are in charge. They think that, you know, Fangio is a little more of an adult than, than VJ was. And Elway, you know, put together a good draft in 2018. So we hope that maybe he's figured it out. The big thing that obviously people are worried about is that he, you know, makes a reach again for a quarterback, which makes me panic that they're going to draft Drew Locke at 10. I, I firmly believe, and I've said for weeks now, as anyone who listens to this show knows, that they will not draft Drew Locke. Now, we will talk about later who I think they're going to draft and some very interesting um, developments in the draft and some very interesting mocks coming out of out from Peter King and others that will definitely have us talking, give us plenty to talk about. I will also have, as always, the skipper dude later on to give us his thoughts on the draft, what he thinks the Broncos should do, what their their ideology should be for this draft coming up. And I think we're going to have a fan rant again from David up in Canada, who I think is going to talk a little bit more about the draft. Um, I'm just waiting for him to send me the audio, but hopefully he'll get that in in time and we'll have him end the show today. And then, of course, we've got the draft coming on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the first picks, the first round all on Thursday night. I might be doing a live stream on Twitch. I'm not sure yet. I've had some technical things. It, it kind of takes forever to set up the technical side of, of, of the whole issue. But if so, I'll obviously be posting that on Twitter and you should be able to find it on milehighreport.com when that goes live. And the fun thing about Twitch is that it's like it's a live podcast, but you can be involved. You can ask questions. You can yell at me. You can tell me all sorts of nasty things. I got in big trouble with one of the fans for saying, I guess, mean things about Tiger Woods last week, which I honestly didn't even know I did. I didn't think I was that harsh on Tiger Woods. I, I said, hey, that was pretty awesome. That I mean... For a guy to go that long and come back, I thought that was cool. The only thing I complained about was that Joel Klatt was like crying about it. He's like, come on, that, that's a bit much for me. But hey, you know, to each his own, like I said. But, you know, I guess you just can't make everybody happy. But that is the life of anyone in the media. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, wh- what do we want to talk about? I mean, what it's been covered so much now. Everything's been covered by everyone. I know anyone who covers my or, you know, follows MileHardReport.com, they just have... Day after day, they have just amazing content. They've got so much in-depth information about who's coming out and who the Broncos might want, who they could want, who they should want. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting idea because it, it, it's all conjecture. No one knows. No one has any idea what the Broncos want to do or what they can do. That's even the bigger picture. Now, we might even guess, hey, okay, the Broncos, they have trends. You know, Elway likes the big, strong quarterback. And that's why a lot of these lazy mock drafters pick Drew Locke at number 10. And okay, maybe some of them think it's going to happen, but it's all based on this weird rumor that Locke, that, that Elway loves Locke. And I think it's just groundless. Truly, I think it's groundless. And I think it's, it's, it's not responsible. I think it's, it's really, really a leap to think that Elway is going to take Locke at 10. Now, that said, I did just see a mock draft. You can see this over on milehighreport.com that Peter King with uh, Sports Illustrated said his mock draft lately is the, his latest one is that they pick, um, I believe it was Ed Oliver at 10, which I would love. And then they pick Drew Locke at 31. They trade back into the first round to pick Locke at 31. Now, if that happens, great, great. I've got no problem picking Locke sometime late in the first round or early second round. That's fantastic. I'm happy with that. And I think most Broncos fans would be happy with that. What I'm not happy about is if they pick him at 10. He's not a number 10 type talent. Now, I get it. We need a quarterback. But what does what is there saying that this guy is the guy? 
He, he doesn't, I mean, he's got, he's got a lot of stats, but they're not fantastic because he played for four years. You know, he played in a kind of a small league. I mean, he didn't, he doesn't jump out to me. Now, apparently, you know, scouts and whatnot are saying that he does. Now, I can't say. I haven't seen the guy live. But the guy who sticks out to me, as we talked about last week, is, is Dwayne Haskins. And for some reason, Haskins has really kind of, it seems to have lost some of his love with the teams and with the media. Now, I don't get it, and I don't get some of the things people are saying about him. They're saying, you know, he's terrible in the pocket, he's terrible, terrible on the run. He's not good. He's not great. I mean, he's not a Russell Wilson type of a guy, but is he any worse than Joe Flacco? I mean, I don't see it. I mean, I, I don't have the stats here in front of me, but when I just look at the eye test, which to me is just as important as the, as the stats, because stats are, are circumstantial. You look at the stats and you don't watch the game, you, you don't get the whole picture. You, you don't see what's happening. You don't see the pressure. You don't see how well his line is blocking. Now, that is also the case with Dwayne Haskins, who had a really, really good offensive line. But the guy still can make every throw. And I saw him maneuver in the pocket. I saw him step up in the pocket. How many times did anyone see Case Keenum step up in the pocket last year? It's unbelievable. Watch his tape. The guy could not step up in the pocket. You know why? Because he's too short. It's a it's a serious problem, and that's going to be a problem with 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 like Murray and other guys like that. Now, some guys can get away with it, like Drew Brees. Yes, but you have to be really, really good. You have to you have that sense, almost that sixth sense, when you're that short. And obviously, Case Keenum doesn't have it. Now, anyway, yes, that's a different story. You know about Locke and Haskins. Now, Locke is a little more maneuverable. He's got you know cannon of an arm, etc. But come on, Dwayne Haskins, he's a leader. He's a good guy. He is so. I'd like listening to him give interviews. He is a guy I could truly see as being a face of a franchise, and he may not make it to 10. And if he doesn't, then great. I mean, that that makes sense. Now, then the Broncos will pick someone else. I'm not saying they should trade up for him, but if he's there at 10, totally, totally. What is a team without a franchise quarterback? Flacco is not the guy. Maybe for the next two or three years, he, he could be okay. Haskins could be your, your, the face of your franchise starting next year. Maybe not 19. I think you'll have Flacco play in 19, have Haskins sit a year, and then play, you know, starting in 20. And if you have that position set, then you can build everything around it. As we've said, there are two ways to win in this league. Almost always. You have you have the one team that builds around a Hall of Fame quarterback, and they find other ways to win. This is the New England Patriots, New Orleans Saints, etc. It's really hard. Really hard. Like we said, too. You know, guys like Aaron Rodgers, who are... Who are supposedly the the best talents of of a generation and they still can't find ways to win cam newton he made it to a super bowl didn't win it generational talent and it shows you that that way is really hard even if you have a hall of fame type quarterback like aaron Rodgers. now the other way the more common way is to build around a young cheap quarterback it surprised me that Seattle re-signed Russell Wilson to that huge number because now Seattle, their whole team is going to be worse because they don't have the money to pay big-time players. It's just a case. So they put all of their faith in Russell Wilson, and that could work. It could, absolutely, of course. It's worked in New England. It's worked in New Orleans. But it's a risk. It's a big risk. So the best of both worlds is to be like Seattle and you have a few years where you have a young, great quarterback like Russell Wilson. He's cheap, and you win then. That's your that's your main window. 
and then you re-sign him or you let him go. You have the choice. But if you re-sign him, then you have to restructure. You have to say, okay, now this is going to be Russell Wilson's team. This is no Legion of Boom anymore in Seattle. This is his team. He must be the Hall of Fame quarterback. He must lead. And I think that's a perfect scenario for the Broncos, but you have to find the right guy. Drew Locke is not the guy at 10. If, if they pick Drew Locke at 10, I will not be happy about it. I'm not going to hate it because I don't. I'll, you have to wait and see. These things you just don't know. I didn't hate the Paxton Lynch signing you know, or the draft. I don't think many people did. They thought, okay, we'll see. Who knows? He, he's, a, he's a rough guy. It's the same with Locke. Locke is, is very skilled, but he's, he's rough. He's rough around the edges, and he's a guy you're just going to take a few years to really know. Haskins, at least seemingly, is much closer to being ready now. And that's a nice-sounding thing to me. I like him. I like him. I, I mean, if he's there at 10, I can't imagine the Broncos don't draft him. Can't imagine it. The only way they don't draft him is if he goes to New York at, at, at 7, or maybe someone like Washington just trades up to 10 to get him, and the Broncos just get a haul. And that's okay, too. I'm okay with that. I, I think my prediction... I, I, actually, I'm going to give my prediction at the end of the show, in my, in my second segment. We're only going to do two segments of my show, or I should say, I'm only going to do two segments. We have Skipper Dude's going to do one, and then hopefully we'll have a fan rant at the end. Um, yeah, it looks like David, David from Canada... David Ellis is going to send me another another take for that. Um, so we're, we're going to talk about what my predictions are because that's what we have to do, right? My mock for the first two rounds. I'm not going to go any, any later than two because I don't think you want to hear any later than that. Um, but it, it, it's an interesting, interesting time uh, that there's so many different mocks out there. Uh, you, you consistently hear names that the Broncos seem to be interested in. These are guys like um, Hawkinson, Oliver, White, obviously Locke, Haskins recently. And, and who knows? I mean, everyone's convinced that Murray is going to go at one. It's not for sure. It is not for sure. I think it's, it's, it's 90%, 90, 9-0. But it's not guaranteed. And if he doesn't go, it's going to be a crap show. I mean, no one's going to know what the heck because everyone's going to move up a spot. Murray's going to fall. Who knows? Who's going to pick Murray? If he doesn't go to Arizona, who picks him? Oakland, maybe. Someone trades up. Someone else is in love with the guy. I could see it. Absolutely. He's a guy I could see you taking a flyer on like, you know, a Baker Mayfield type of a player that you say, okay, we're going to just put, we're going to go all in on this guy. Yeah, he probably goes to Arizona. But if not, it's going to be crazy crazy yeah and, and you know it's 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 an interesting draft I think it, it seems like it's going to be a draft that's going to be pretty conventional to start I don't see a lot of of wild picks happening in the in the first 10 and if that's the case I think it's likely that guys like Oliver guys like White aren't there I, I just think they don't last I think they're they're too talented they're going to go before the Broncos and if that's the case the Broncos are going to be looking at guys like Drew Locke, like maybe Devin Bush, you know, maybe someone like Hawkinson, maybe someone like Fant, if you, if somehow someone wants to pick him that high. And I, I think Elway is likely to trade back. I think he's likely to trade back, depending on who's there. There, there are there are some interesting teams in the top ten, obviously. I mean, no one knows what Gruden's going to do. No one knows what Gettleman's going to do in New York. I mean, he's already kind of torched that team. I think he's going to be in panic mode. I watched the, the movie Draft Day 
um, I don't know, sometime last week again, I think last Sunday or something. And, and it was, it's interesting to watch because obviously it's overly dramatic and, and not overly practical either. But I do think that the idea that there are GMs who panic that are pushed into something at the last second, that absolutely happens. Can you imagine being in the draft room with Jerry Jones of the Cowboys? Can you imagine the owner in there and this guy who, who desperately wanted to pick Johnny Manziel and others? I mean, yikes. That, that, I mean, what do you say? What do you say? Hey, uh, Mr. Jones, sir, um, can we not pick the dumb quarterback? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it worked. Someone said something that made him change his mind, which is pretty surprising. But it worked. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. I'm going to tell you my predictions. I think there are different outcomes. I'm going to give you my top two or three outcomes. But I will settle on one final outcome. I'll give you my predictions of what is going to happen for the draft. As always, stay with milehighreport.com for everything, all of your Broncos needs, especially through the draft. The draft, I can tell you some of, again, I say it every week, these, 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 Ladies and gentlemen over here just are unbelievable with their content. After the draft, you're going to know everything you possibly could ever want to know about these players and probably a little bit more. So so stay tuned here. Up next, we're going to give it over to Skipper Dude, who's going to tell us what he thinks the Denver Broncos should and could do in the 2019 draft after this really quick break. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thanks, as always, for having me on, Kevin. I am the Skipper Dude. Proud Broncos fan since 1984. So today, I figured I really didn't have much of a choice in topics to discuss. Like everybody else, I thought I'd weigh in on this Thursday's draft with some analysis and my predictions. But as we often do on Broncos and Bratwurst, I'm going to try to look at things from a little different perspective. So, rather than do a deep analysis of the likely best player available for the Broncos at number 10, I wanted to lay out five principles that I believe will drive John Elway's and Vic Fangio's selection process and dictate who they will or won't take on Thursday. So here we go. Principle number one, the Broncos team is not one player away from returning to the Super Bowl. Now, last week, I suggested that the Broncos should consider trading up to the number two or the number three pick and try to grab Quinnen Williams, the massive defensive lineman from Alabama. The rationale was that Williams would be an even bigger force with the Broncos than with other teams, being flanked by Von Miller and Bradley Chubb on a five-man front that would be almost unblockable, and that to be a Super Bowl threat like the Broncos in 2015 or the Patriots every year under Tom Brady, you'd need to be freakishly good in one component of the game 
and average everywhere else. Now, moving up to get Williams would give the Broncos that freakish component to their game. The difficult part would be establishing themselves as average everywhere else. More than anything, this is an organization that is still paying the price for some breathtakingly bad drafts between 2013 and 2017, and is currently well below average at inside linebacker and tight end, below average on the offensive line and arguably at safety, and really average at best at wide receiver and quarterback. They just can't afford to give up the kind of draft capital that it would take to move up. So yeah, you can establish that freakish defensive line, and this, but this is the NFL, which is all about advanced scouting and adjustments. Team would ju- teams would just dink and dunk you all day with quick-hitting flat patterns designed to neutralize that defensive line, and life would probably be fairly miserable. So even though it's fun to ponder, ponder that dream defensive front, it's not a place that I see Elway and Fangio going, nor realistically really should they. So, so we can probably rule out dra- training up for a guy like Quinnen Williams or the premium edge rushers like Nick Bosa and, and Josh Allen. Okay, so on to principle number two. Defensive-minded head coaches are going to be inclined to spend their premium free agent dollars and draft picks on offensive talent. Th- this was a concept I laid out in depth shortly before Broncos hired, the Broncos hired Vic Fangio, but I think we're already starting to see it play out. With, with free agency first, as the Broncos signed two solid cornerbacks, Kareem ja- Jackson and Bryce Callahan, but really made their biggest splash by making Juwan James the NFL's highest-paid right tackle. And I tend to believe we're going to see this play out again on Thursday. So let's talk about another big name that has been mocked at Denver number, at number 10 fairly consistently, and that's LSU linebacker Devin White. Now, I know I won't be the least bit disappointed if the Broncos choose Devin White. In fact, a little like uh, Quinnen Williams, he'd probably be a better player in a Vic Fangio-Ed Donatel defensive scheme than he would be pretty much anywhere else. But here's the problem. Let's look at Devin White on a scale of 1 to 10 as a linebacker. I think the consensus is that he comes in as a 9 talent and potential-wise. And with some great coaching from Fangio, Donatel, and company, perhaps they can even elevate him to be a 9.5 kind of a guy. But if you're Fangio, you're probably thinking you can get a day two guy or day two talent like a Mac Wilson or a Trumaine Edmonds, who may have 7 or 8 out of 10 talent, but you can coach him up to a 9. You'll get better value from your pick, and then you use that number 10 overall pick somewhere else. And I think the same concept goes for Ed Oliver and the other defensive linemen who appear to be popular mock draftees for the Broncos. I just don't really see Fangio sitting at number 10 and going defense and letting the offense go unattended. If Fangio goes defense at number 10, I think you can be pretty sure that he's seeing something extremely special in that player. Okay, now to principle number three. And this is speculative on my part, but I don't believe that John Elway and Vic Fangio are looking at the Broncos with just a three-year horizon. Or rather, the length of both John Elway's and Joe Flacco's contracts. So I do believe that they're willing to take a quarterback with their first pick. First of all, though, I just want to go on record as saying I believe Kyler Murray has bust written all over him. Yeah, he's a monster talent, but he's undersized and appears to have some potential temperament issues. I really believe that Cliff Kingsbury is coming into the NFL and immediately going all in, in a poker sense, in his very first hand. Assuming he's after Murray, and I'm not exactly sure what kind of game he's playing if he's not after uh, after Murray, 
then I'm just seeing this as an RG3 type of pick, perhaps even descending toward Jamarcus Russell territory. If Kyler Murray is available by some fluke at number 10, then pass. Pass hard on him. But, but let's take a look at the other two quarterbacks who may be good targets at number 10. And that's, of course, Drew Locke and Dwayne Haskins. Now, when you read Drew Locke's scouting report, he really comes off as kind of a poor man's John Elway. And to me, it really brings some interesting psychology to mind, pondering whether John Elway is going to be inclined to draft a young, poor man's John Elway. But also a similar scouting report to Paxton Lynch. But, but while the talent and upside are there, and apparently without Paxton Lynch's character issues, Locke just doesn't jump off the page as being anything particularly special. He seems like a guy kind of like a Joe Flacco who may work a playoff miracle at some point or another, but not really a guy you build a 15-year plan around. I know if Elway drafts him, I'll be good with it, but I just don't honestly see it happen at number 10. Which brings up Dwayne Haskins, who is not quite as physically gifted as Locke, but appears to have more of the intangibles. Von Miller went on social media recently and said that if Haskins is available at number 10, then he should be the guy. Now, honestly, that's all I really need to hear about the guy. I really believe Haskins is the guy. I've heard a lot about him wearing a John Elway jersey to his interview with the Broncos, which is kind of cool, but honestly, it doesn't really say that much. Now, if Haskins had worn a John Elway jersey to Oakland when he interviewed with Chucky, now that would have been something. But but anyways, he's dropping in the mock drafts of late, which could make him available, or will it? I actually have a theory here. I tend to believe that Haskins is falling in the mock drafts because he's the most coveted quarterback in the draft. I'd say there are maybe six or more teams after him, and I believe teams like the Raiders and Giants are faking disinterest in him to discourage other teams from jumping ahead of them and drafting Haskins. In fact, my theory is that is that the New York Jets at number three are trying to trigger a, a bidding war that... that uh, that will allow them to move back and get in a nice draft haul because somebody else is going to want to jump ahead of the Raiders and take Haskins at number three. But the bottom line, I'm entirely convinced that Haskins will be off the board by the Giants at number six, possibly even sooner. Okay, so let's move on to principle number four. As experienced coaches who are participating in their first draft and their new positions, you can be sure that Vic Fangio and Rich Rich Gangrello are working hard to put together a draft board, probably harder than they've ever have in their lives. It seems to be a great coaching staff that John Elway, John Elway has put together. There's a ton of energy right now in Dove Valley. and The novelty of a new regime, a new scheme, and a new day for the Broncos, my hunch is that the Broncos front office has put together a monster effort to develop this draft board. And if I'm right about that, then what it tells me is that Elway is likely to have a draft board together that will go maybe even 300 players deep or more, and not only primed to make some great two day two and day three picks, but also be in position to potentially find this year's Chris Harris Jr. or Philip Lindsay after the draft is over. Okay, so finally, principle number five. This Broncos team has a ton of needs still. As I alluded to earlier, they go into this draft with only two edge rushers, with Todd Davis but no real textbook Vic Pangio inside linebacker. Depth concerns at safety. They're very below average at tight end. Need some help on the offensive line. Need receiver depth, and not to mention a legitimate backup quarterback. Bottom line, 
They need quantity more than they would need one shiny toy type of a pick. So, speaking of tight ends and shiny toys, how about TJ Hawkinson, the two-way tight end out of Iowa, to address perhaps the Broncos' greatest area of need? I don't think he's necessarily the next Rob Gronkowski, but this is a pick that would very much shore up a major position of need and a position that is growing in prominence in, in NFL offenses. And it's another pick that will stand behind if that's how Elway goes on Thursday. I mean, if this guy can be your Travis Kelsey or even your Zach Ertz, I think, I think you'd grab him. But, but here's the issue with Hawkinson, I believe. This is a solid draft for tight ends. With Hawkinson's Iowa teammate, Noah Font, as well as Alabama's Irv Smith Jr., likely available in the late first round or early second round. I just don't know that you need to use that top 10 pick on the number one tight end in the draft when you have some solid tight end talent stacked up behind him. So I'm really honestly not seeing Hawkinson at number 10. Okay, so prediction time. Here is how I, the skipper dude, see John Elway and Vic Fangio setting up for Thursday's draft. First, of course, I, I believe the trading up is an extreme long shot, maybe for Dwayne Haskins, but I doubt it. L.A. just can't afford to be giving up that kind of draft capital with the talent covered still relatively bare. At number 10, I think you have four guys, Quentin Williams, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, and Dwayne Haskins, who, if they fall to you, just don't ask any questions, go grab them. But, but let's be real, all four of them are going to be off the board by number 10, realistically. And then I think you have another four guys who, who I believe are borderline picks at number 10, who I don't really believe to be worthy of the number 10 pick, but I'll stand by Elway and Fangio if they do it. Namely, Devin White, Ed Oliver, Drew Locke, and TJ Hawkinson. Any of these guys would have to be something special to take them at number 10, but perhaps Fangio and Team, and, and team Elway are seeing something that the rest of us aren't, and they believe that one of these guys, or even somebody I'm missing here, is a special type of a talent. So I believe that you're going to see Elway trade back into the teens, assuming that he gets a good price for it. He's going to pick up some extra draft capital and then see if one of that second foursome, okay, White, Oliver, Locke, or Hawkinson, or perhaps even Devin Bush, is still on the board. Assuming not, and I tend to believe that they'll all be off the board by the teens, then I think Elway trades back again and out of the first round, and that we as Bronco fans are going to come away empty-handed on day one. This will call back to, to memory really the second best draft of, of John Elway's career as a general manager for the Denver Broncos. If you remember back in 2012, the Broncos traded back into the second round, and they ended up with a really solid pick in, in, their, in, in the round, second round with Derek Wolf. And then also that year, 2012, they, they picked up um, they picked up Danny Trevathan and Malik Jackson as well. So it was a really, maybe not as good as the 2018 draft, but it was one of, of Elway's better drafts. So I think he's going to pattern himself after that one. But hopefully we're going to be happy, even though we're going to be empty-handed on day one, if my prediction comes true. I think we're going to be happy with day two and day three in the draft hall and excited the Broncos are going to start building on the stellar 2018 draft and refilling the overall talent and depth of the franchise. That's what's needed right now. Kevin, back to you. Thanks, as always, to the Skipper Dude. And an interesting take. I 
I'm not that. It's not pessimistic, I think, but I I, I don't think they're going to trade that far out of the first round. But I think he's on the right track in saying the guys like Haskins, White, and Oliver are all going to be gone. I, I I do think that's probably the case, and that that brings me to my prediction. And yeah, as we all know, anything can happen. But what I think is going to happen is that when it gets to ten. There are three guys the Broncos will pick if they're if they're there. Okay, I guess there are five guys. Obviously, Bosa and Williams if they're there. But we're going to skip them because there's no way they're going to be there. So, so, so three guys that could be there. Devin White, Ed Oliver, Dwayne Haskins. Now, the thought is, and I agree with Skipper, dude, that Haskins is probably, things are probably falling because... Teams really want him. I mean, I just don't see why he wouldn't be drafted before the Broncos. He, he's he's good in the pocket. He's got a good arm. He's smart. He's good in the media. He seems to be a good leader, etc. There's just no reason. So I, I don't think he's going to be there. If he's there, totally. I would love it. I would love it. I mean, I think that would be my favorite pick. That would be my favorite. If the Broncos pick Dwayne Haskins, that would be the best pick I think they could possibly make. Now, otherwise, I think Ed Oliver is my number two guy. I would love for Ed Oliver to come here. I think he is a game changer, cool dude, freakish athlete, and would just be a disaster for other teams with Chubb, Miller, and Oliver. That would, it would be nuts. It would be total chaos for offensive lines and quarterbacks, of course. But again, I think he's just he's too valued. I, I don't see him dropping. I, I don't. It, it's not likely. And that leaves Devin White, and, and he is another guy who lately, again, seemingly has been actually predicted to go higher than, than Oliver and Haskins. He's, he's predicted to go to te- a team like Tampa Bay, maybe even New York. I guess teams love his, his sideline-to-sideline skills. He's a thumper. He he's really brings it all as a, as a linebacker. Those are the three guys I love, I would be really, really happy with. And, and I think that the Broncos likely believe the same and if that's the case then they pick one of those three guys or they trade back or they trade back now what i think is going to happen is they're going to get it to 10 and those three guys are not there drew lock is there but the broncos actually don't want drew lock but someone else probably does and i think someone's going to trade up to number 10 maybe it's washington Maybe it's Miami. One of these teams that really wants a QB. And heck, it could be Jones, but I think it's much more likely it's Locke. And then the Broncos are happy for it. They get an extra, I don't know, second round pick, whatever. And they trade back into the mid-teens. Now, if that happens, it's really hard to say who's still going to be available. It's really hard to say. But what I think is, what I would like to see if that happens is the Broncos land Devin Bush. Now, yeah, I know he's highly valued. He, he might not last to the mid-teens, but it's not a stretch. It's not insane to say he could be available, say, at, at you know from 12 to 15 or something. He could. And so that's my prediction. I think the Broncos trade back to the mid-teens. They pick Devin Bush, the inside linebacker out of Michigan, who's a really good linebacker, just a small, small step behind Devin White, I believe, in, in talent. He's smaller, 
He's 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 an undersized guy, but we've seen them succeed plenty of times in 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 the past in the NFL. You need smaller, quicker guys in today's NFL. People keep saying that mid, inside linebackers aren't all that necessary today, but that's not really the case. What, what what's not necessary is having big, slow, thumping guys like Brian Urlacher. I don't think Brian Urlacher would be able to play in today's NFL. Okay, he could play, but he'd he'd have a much smaller impact. He was big, strong, run-stuffing guy. Now, he would also had other talents, of course, but he's not the kind of guy you're looking for. You're looking for more of a Levante, David, you know, guys who can just run and, and cover tight ends. And so Devin Bush is a guy who can do that. I think they picked Devin Bush in the mid-teens, and then I think they trade back into the first round, into the end, maybe 30, 31, 32 even. And I think they're going to pick Noah Fant. Now, again, maybe he's not there. People have predicted him maybe in the mid-20s, maybe early 20s. That's possible. But I think he could drop as well. And if he's there, I think they trade up, they get Noah Fant, maybe use the ammo that they, they already that they got with the, the trading back earlier. And you end up after the first round with... Noah Fant, and Devin Bush. I think it's possible, and I would be happy. I wouldn't be overjoyed, but I'd be happy. I think that would be be two really good pieces. The offense obviously needs help. You need to give Flacco more weapons. The tight ends have been disastrous since, since, geez, Shannon Sharp. And Bush would be a really great plug-in to the Fangio scheme. And so that's that's my thought. I, I I think they trade back again. Devin Bush, Noah Fant. Go read any other people's thoughts. A lot of people still have them drafting Drew Locke. And I just, no, no. I think I need to make a bet or something. I think I need to make a bet. If they draft Drew Locke, I will, jeez, I don't even know. What should I do? I'll sit in a, in a really cold river for three minutes. How about that? Is that fair? Is that fair? I'll post a video to to Twitter. If they draft Drew Locke at 10 or anywhere before 10, I will sit in our freezing cold river over here for three minutes. It'll be good for my health probably. Not very fun. These Germans do all sorts of crazy things like that. The healthcare here is very different. I got my wisdom teeth pulled and they gave me aspirin. That was really disappointing. I was waiting for Vicodin or something and I got aspirin. Yeah, darn it. Should have, should have got my teeth pulled in, in America. Good old America with their prescription drugs. It's not the same over here. They, they stand in cold waters to get the circulation going. And it, honestly, it's pretty nice. Anyway, back on topic. I'm really curious to see what, what Broncos fans want. I think there are obviously big differences between what they want and what they think will happen. There doesn't seem to be a ton of love for Drew Locke. There's some. I know some of the Mile High Report guys like Drew Locke. Scotty being one of them. And that's okay. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Drew Locke, I mean, if they draft him at 10, he could be the next thing. I really don't know. It's hard to say with guys like him. He's like Paxton Lynch. He could end up being really good or he could end up being a total bust. And I don't think Elway's going to risk it. Elway's not going to risk another Paxton Lynch. Why do people think he's going to do that? They, 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 they keep labeling Elway over and over and over with this big, strong quarterback, big, tall. Okay, yeah, don't you think eventually Elway's going to say, hey, yeah, this didn't work? I mean, geez, even if you think Elway's an idiot, which I know some people do, the guy's got to learn eventually that you can't just 
pick these these potential QBs, you know, these guys who don't really have the footwork, don't really have the, the defensive reading abilities, but they're big and strong. I, I think it's it's almost, ex- I think there's no way. There's no way they draft Drew Locke. I think he's almost the least likely player on the board at 10, which is, again, I'm willing to bet sitting in a, in a freezing cold river for three minutes if he goes at 10. And I, I would love it if someone out there would, would take me on that bet and do the same. Please. Please, I dare you. I dare you. I'll do it either way. But if you're really confident they're going to go with Locke, then I think you should sit in a, in a freezing cold river too and post it to Twitter and try not to cry like a baby, which I might. I just might. Anyway, yep, that's my thought. Bush, Fant, first round, happy, me. But my wish, my real wish, would make me really happy is Dwayne Haskins bring it bring it baby bring it oh I hope he falls man that'd be dope the one real true pocket passer the the almost can't miss QB if he falls to 10 dude I will oh man I don't even know I'm gonna I'm gonna scream and this is gonna be at 3 a.m in the morning because obviously it's late (laughs) in Germany can't wait we will see. It's going to be an interesting draft. It's going to be an interesting draft. The Broncos, they really have a chance here. They really have a chance to build something. I like their direction. I like it. I like what they're doing. I I, I really see it kind of going with, with like the Denver Nuggets. You brought in a coach, you know, a guy who's, who puts a lot on defense, a guy who's there to, to lead the team, a guy who's no nonsense, but also kind of lovable in a way. And you build the team from within. You have you set ideals. You set a locker room culture. You bring in smart players, players who want to play in Denver. And you're in good shape, man. I mean, you're in good shape. They're 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 going there. I mean, you get Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton. These are guys you want. You want to play in Denver. They want to play in Denver. You need more people like that. Dalton Risner, bring it. I mean, I, I'd pick Dalton Risner. I mean, heck, you know, no more Noah fan to trade up in the first round for Dalton Risner. Guy from Greeley, <laughs> the, the town that smells like, like cow crap, as, as any Denverite knows. I mean, I, a guy who, who really is passionate about football, but also passionate about being a Bronco, loves the Broncos. That would be awesome. Oh, it's exciting. Can't wait. Four more days, guys. Four more days. Let's do it. Okay, I'm done. I'm going to go enjoy the rest of my holiday because I've got it. And I'm going to rub that in a little bit. Sorry, everyone who doesn't. Germany just sometimes has some pretty awesome um, holiday. I think they have like 12 holidays. Pretty, pretty amazing. In 30, usually it's like 30 days paid vacation. I'm a freelancer, so I don't get squat paid vacation, but... Most jobs, 30 days vacation. It's unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. Ah, pretty nice. Pretty nice place. You guys got to come over here and have a beer with me. If anyone's ever in Munich, hit me up on Twitter, all right? Hit me up on Twitter. We'll go. We'll go. I'll show you the best beer gardens in Munich, no doubt. All right, I'm going to finish now. I'm going to bring in David Ellis, our Canadian contributor for a fan rant. He's going to talk, I believe, about the draft. 
Let's see what he thinks. You'll get three different perspectives on the drafts. I think that's going to be interesting. I'm really curious to see what he says to see if he at all agrees with me and Skipper Dude. And heck, let's see what happens. We're going to be back here next Monday. Can't wait to talk about what happened over the weekend. And keep an eye on Twitter. Keep an eye on milehighreport.com. And we will see if I'm up and running for a live show on Twitch um, starting on Thursday. I'm not positive, but it's possible. So keep an eye out on Twitter. I'm at Kevy Gillikin. That's K-E-V-V-Y-G-I-L-L-I-K-I-N on Twitter. All right, you guys all have a fantastic Easter week and enjoy the lovely, lovely, lovely spring weather. Up next, David Ellis. It's JKU Dave again, coming at you for another fan rant. Oil Broncos fan since 97 from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And I got some more uh, thoughts from the North for you here. So recently with all the action going on with uh, the Broncos signing DBs, that kid from the open audition that they signed, I can't recall his name right now, uh, but they also signed the guy from the AAF, Brosby, I believe his name was. It really feels like they're positioning themselves for life's with for their life without Chris Harris Jr. Uh, I see pros and cons to this, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, Chris Harris is top two, three cornerback in the NFL right now. Uh, he also demands the paycheck of a top two or three cornerback in the NFL right now. Which, yeah, we need guys like that on our team that are going to be able to lead that defense back to where we need to be to make another Super Bowl run. But at the same time, you look at a team like New England, who I know everyone in Broncos country hates, but when they get their veteran players get up there and start looking at those big kind of paychecks, they let them go, and then they build through the draft or bringing in these cheap free agents on one-year deals, one-year prove-it deals that come in and make an impact for them. So... Not saying I want Chris Harris to leave, but I am saying that it might not be the worst thing in the world if he does. Another thing I've been thinking about a lot is the Broncos brought in guys like Andre Dillard and um, Dalton Risner for interviews before the draft. Uh, Both guys projected tackles for us, and obviously we just paid Juwan James a boatload of money to play right tackle. So they would project more on the left side where Garrett Bowles is currently starting. And I know he's a touchy subject again for a lot of Broncos fans uh, earning the nickname Garrett Holds due to the massive amount of holding penalties he likes to take in a year. My big thing is that if we're able to get a guy like Dalton Risner in the second round who's from Colorado or played in Colorado and said that he wants to be a Bronco and that if Elway doesn't draft him, that he'll make him regret not making that selection every time he plays us or make make him see why he should have drafted him when he had the opportunity to. Uh, if we do land a guy like him at pick 41, that would be outstanding. But I don't think we should cut ties with Garrett Bowles, nor do I think he should be a swing tackle guy. I've coached a little bit of background for me. I've coached offensive line for the last 12 years. And I think Bulls' biggest problem is lack of footwork uh, when contact is initiated in pass set. He's a great run blocker. We've seen that. He works hard. He moves bodies and opens up running lanes. It's in the pass game where he struggles a little bit. And I think it's more footwork than anything else. Um, So I honestly think the best thing for him would be to move to left guard. 
right? So that his footwork stays similar to left tackle, but he doesn't need these big pass sets against the speed rushers or whatever. Uh, he's able to stay more in an isolated zone between the center and the tackle, dominate his guy with his upper body strength, and then still have the ability to open holes in the running game, uh, which would make us have give us the opportunity to move Ronald Leary over to the right guard, giving us a line of uh, Risner, Bowles, Connor McGovern, who I, I absolutely love, and I can't wait to see him get a shot all 16 games this year, uh, Ronald Leary, and then Juwan James. I think that could be a, a really, really powerful offensive line, especially under Mike Monchak's coaching. Uh, can't wait till Thursday. Best of luck to the Broncos in the draft, and let's see what we get. Hopefully, Dylan White falls with us at 10, but uh, we'll see what happens. Go Broncos.